Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, wherever you are around Australia, around the world. We appreciate the time that you take out of your day, your week, your month to tune into us as we bring you information about golf for golf lovers uh, from the world of golf. And uh, we've got myself, Ross Flanagan, and Scott Carter joining us tonight. We're going to wrap up what's happened last week and a little bit about what's happening in the upcoming week in golf and maybe a little bit of our own golf stories thrown in there. Anyway, thanks for joining. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Scott Carter, welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your evening to uh, jump on and talk to all of us golf lovers out there in the little golf-loving world. I love Ross a bit of golf. Flanagan, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back. No, it's good to, good to, uh, good to jump on, mate, on this Tuesday evening. Jeez, there's a lot of golf happening at the moment, isn't it? I mean, it's supposed to be the off-season, but uh, with the fall series and the Aussie Tour and DP World Tour and everything, live and everything, there's a lot going on. Plenty, plenty happening, and uh, it's global at the moment. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got, uh, what have we got? The PGA Tour this week, uh, the Zozo this week, and uh, we've got yep. the the uh, LPGA in on on an Asian swing. Yeah, um, in Korea, DP World Tour in a Spanish swing at the moment. The second week of a Spanish swing. It's all happening. Yep. Uh, new ha- event in Adelaide. New event in Adelaide. The uh, Webex uh, Players Series. Webex Player Series. Yeah. Got the men and women playing together, which I think is a great initiative. Which should. We should see more in global golf. Um, a lot of talk this week uh, I've heard across a number of different channels about, you know, President's Cup, you know, in the back of the Solheim, back of the rider, you know, should yep. the President's Cup be a, a mixed event? So there's, there's a whole heap of stuff. But the WebEx that we have here in Australia, uh, congrats to WebEx for um, jumping on board again for a, another year supporting the Australian uh, PGA Tour uh, will be a um, is a mixed field and um, fantastic. Now, yeah. has, how else has your week been since uh, last Tuesday? It seems like yesterday, but it's a week's passed by. How have you been? I, I, I know, man. It's it's, uh, it's flying by, isn't it? it? Was it was last week that we had all the boys on, wasn't it? That was good fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, no, my week's been good, mate. A lot happening uh, in in the world of uh, work and equal and everything. And and I did play that Ivo Witten on uh, event, the thirty six hole event at the very lovely Woodlands Golf Course. It was just in good nick. Um, uh, on Sunday, not too well, but uh, that's okay. Um, I'll be back again at some point. But uh, a, a great event, and uh, yeah, lots of really good golfers out there. And um, and yeah, the course was looking really great. So um, always a pleasure to get around Woodlands. Tiny little greens there, Roscoe, aren't yeah. they? Tiny little greens, raised, uh, awesome yeah. sand style bunkering. Uh, it's not yep. the longest course you've ever played, but you do have to hit uh, with a fair degree of pinpoint accuracy off the tee. Not always with the driver or many of the holes. Um, yeah, but you've got true. to be ac- you've got to be accurate with those second shots. So otherwise, you've got a, a nasty chip up a slope or out of a very you know sort of five and a half six foot deep bunker. Uh, yeah, no woodlands haven't been there for a while. But uh, what did you do on the hole? The I forget the number. The one you know I, I was joking last week. And said aim at the the Dunbeer sign. I don't even know if there's a Dunbeer sign there, but you know the Dunbeer factory's in the background. How'd you go there? Is this the the dog leg right that Pultz was talking about as well? The very very short par fours, like the third, I think. Oh, it's a short, short straight one with the peanut shaped green. It goes down. Oh, towards yeah, the- yeah, no. So, uh, so what? Round one, I tried to do three wood. Um, not very. No, sorry. Round one, I hit a. I tried to hit hybrid. Tried to play safety because um, it had a tailwind and it was two fifty five to the middle of the green. Um, so I hit hybrid. Um, into the junk, anyway, screwed the hole up. But then the second time around, I hit driver, and uh, and was kind of pin high to the left, and and um, went went over the side of the green, over the other side, and then back up and made the putt for par. Okay. So, yeah, oh, it's a good four when you walk off there. Um, it is. I can't remember. I'm, I think I mentioned I played golf last week with uh, one of the uh, bosses from Carlsbad at Callaway. Uh, yep. Down at Peninsula Kingswood, which is a very nice round. Did I mention about? Um, did I mention about uh, Aimpoint? Did I talk about that? You did. One? I did. You did at length. 
Okay, good. Great. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I won't cover it again. And if I if I if I lost you at aim point last week, uh, don't switch off because I'm not no, going to talk. You were up and about about it, mate. You, oh. you were very excited about the success you were having with it. Well, I played golf today in a corporate day, and thank you very much to the team at. Uh, Walk and Shore Australia for hosting a number of us down at uh, the beautiful uh, Dunes uh, Golf Golf uh, Course Good track. Yep, good fun track. The third yep. year that the Walk and Shore people have put a little small golf day on for a number of uh, their partners in the industry. Uh, so I had the pleasure of joining uh, a few of my colleagues down there, and um, I, you know, had to be put up with being berated about the extra time and the slow play about continuing with my eight point strategy. Yeah, but. It bloody is working for me. I don't know if it works, you know, like if it works for anyone else. If they have, I haven't tried it. And I don't exactly know if it's just because I'm focusing a little bit better on the clarity of the putt. Right. But, but the whole grading the slope and standing on it and then having at that point in the fingers now understand a little bit better, it, it works. I'm putting so many more putts at the hole, in the hole and getting to the hole, which was always a struggle for me. I would always leave them terribly short probably looking yep. up all the things that you don't, you know, that you do when you miss parts. Um, anyway. That's uh, great, mate. I, I continue with it and, you know, I'll continue with it until it, I drop it. Like a lot of things it's, in my golf, it, I'll continue it, until I drop it. It's such a funny game like that, isn't it? Like you you find something that uh, it works and you know, it might not work for everybody, but if it's working for you, you've got to stick to it and and uh, for as long as you can uh, because it probably won't last forever, but you'll need to find something else and you will move on to something else. But yeah, that's great. Well, I'll continue. Um, but it was great down there. Thanks to the team at uh, at Walkinshaw. I mean, Walkinshaw got a number of great brands in their portfolio. They, they do. do Under Armour. I think I'm wearing everything. Everything that's touching my body, maybe except my bonds underwear, uh, is Under Armour. Top skin. It's a bit cold down there. Okay. Polo belt, socks, shoes, all Under Armour. Uh, they do Original Penguin now. So the oh, you know, yeah, Cam Smith they? Original Penguin. Yeah, nice. Um, Click ear buggies, uh, zebra putters. They've just zebra putters. Mm-hmm. I've lost my zebra putter. I have a zebra putter from 1978 or whenever they came out. I can't find it. I don't know where it is. I had one and it was a pride and joy um, because my dad had one and now I have one. Yeah. Now I've lost it. They've reintroduced zebra putters. Anyway, they've got a whole heap of brands and it was good fun. They had the uh, Walkinshaw Andretti United racing car down there and Ooh, Chaz, nice. Chaz Mostert was down there and all those guys. So it was good. Um, what was I going to Good say? Stuff. A little bit of housekeeping. Uh, it, we should uh, give our um, thoughts to all of the members and all of the staff out at Eastern Golf Club. In the you know, we saw yesterday afternoon um, yeah. one of our listeners, uh, Dave Round, and um, also Pultz, uh, who is you know Pultz. Pultz to Eastern is like meet a PK, you know, he's out there a lot, he's taking photos, he posts a lot, you know, when I go to PK, I post a lot, everyone gets sick of me, PK takes photos or something else. Pilts is like that out there. He loves it. He lives not far from there. And to see his um, golf club burn to the ground, uh, the clubhouse, was just very, very saddening uh, to see. And I was getting pictures from Dave Round. He was walking down the ninth and he was on the ninth tee and he could see a smolder in the clubhouse. And by the time they got to the ninth green, not knowing what was going on, the place was engulfed and um, wow. to all those people at Eastern and they've endured a lot of pain, you know, the floods, the whole place was flooded uh, yeah. a couple of years ago so they had to rebuild from that and um, it's just tragic but no one got hurt and and I said in an Instagram post today and it's not a comparison at all but, you know, having been a part of a club that had a clubhouse that was a tent effectively for an, a year or so by, while a new club got built, um you know, it's what's inside the club, what's inside that tent that makes the club stick together. And, uh, you know, the circumstances out there when you have, you know, a temporary facility as a clubhouse, which you no doubt will, and the Easton's already contacted me and said they're well underway in planning that and they'll hope to be back open as soon as they can. It'll be the people inside that temporary facility that will still make it a club and make you want to be there and, and be even stronger. So, um, yeah, but just if I'm sure everyone in the Australian golfing community saw those terrible pictures of the beautiful yeah. clubhouse. I went there for the first time this year for an event and um, it's just a beautiful clubhouse in a beautiful part of it. Um, Melbourne, and um, very sad. So, um, yeah, yeah, very sad, man. Very tragic. sad. Terrible footage. Uh, so that's that's it for for housekeeping. I'm still three pointing, and um, 
And, uh, yeah, and I'm not sure when my – oh, no, I've got a couple more games of golf planned for next week, uh, a couple of special yeah. special international visitors um, next week, more about that next week. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's all happening. And, um, Excellent. And another public service announcement, if you're at home and you're doing some planting around your garden, if you've got a garden, if you you know live in a house and not an apartment or whatever, I'm going to give you a tip. Never, ever plant a plant called ivy. It is the worst because it'll grow everywhere. It will not go away, and you'll realise it has to be dug out or buy a house. I've had a couple of houses that ivy in everyone, and I've got to pull the stuff out. I've had to pull ivy out for the last five days straight, and I am wrecked. So, um, yeah, don't don't get ivy. Don't work, Roscoe. No, that's good, good tip, mate. I yeah. think we've talked about it before. You, this is way more than a golf podcast, isn't it? We've had language skills, pronunciation skills. Now we're getting some gardening tips. Mm. This is uh, this is a one-stop shop, mate. This is fantastic. It's all part of loving golf, you know. You've got to get the <laughs> ivy out to get things right in the house so you can chip in the backyard and do all that. Anyway. Um, oh, that's a good point, yeah. Hey, there's a lot of golf uh, being played uh, last week. Um I think I think you might have had a couple of tips that got up or very close there thereby, right? Very close, mate. Yeah, very close. Um, Cam Davis almost almost got home in the Shriners uh, Children Shriners Children's Open, but we saw Tom Kim go back to back, so defending champion, um, holding off Adam Hadwin. Uh, but I mean, Tom Kim obviously loves loves the course there in Vegas. So, um, as I said, back to back, you know, he's the, the youngest player since Tiger to win three times on tour. So mm. that stat today, so that's a pretty impressive stat. Um, I think last year was the youngest player to win twice when he won that event last year as well. So, but yeah, he shot a 66 in the final round to hold off Hadwin. Um, it was a really uh, interesting kind of sequence of events that happened there. On I think on the 15th tee, Hadwin was one behind. Um, and they both drove the green, or no, sorry, Hadwin drove the green on the short par four, burns the edge for the eagle. Um, and then and then Tommy Kim makes an, a great up and down, like makes a fairly longish putt for birdie to keep that one-shot distance, but imagine that that eagle went in. Um, and then poor old Adam puts his second in the water on the par five on uh, on what on 16. And uh, Tom Kim makes a uh, shout-out, Mike Caridi, a three-putt par um, on that par five. So hit the green on that par five in two and then three putts. So... Just, you know, if a few other things went a slightly different way for Adam Hadwin, it could have been a different result. Um, but uh, but still, nonetheless, good good effort from the Canadian. It was pretty stacked um, there coming down the stretch yeah. for a lot of players, you know, like it was they were, they were bunched. And, uh, you know, it looked like a couple of players could have leapfrogged up. You know, I was I was on the Bo Hostler train at the end there. Oh, yeah. And uh, he just had a maybe that 13, 14 thereabouts I can't remember the exact sort of swing but he didn't play that well over those holes but you know he finished a few behind but Bo Hostler was looking good uh, Cam Davis was looking good I'm not sure how he, how he stumbled he finished, finished. T7 yep. yeah. oh, I know how he yeah, finished he, but I'm he, not sure I, I was watching him to a point and then it sort of went away from him I'm not sure how he sort of finished there um, Ludwig yep. you know, continues yeah. to show solid solid uh, results in his quest to um, you know earn that sort of high-status full-time card for next year. Um, yep. But, yeah, uh, he yeah. shot a final round 62 along with uh, Eric Joggers Cole. Um, also shot a 62, shooting up 21 spots to finish T3, so good good result for him. Um, yeah, and then the other Aussies, what Harrison Endicott was T56, and then poor old Lucas and Craig Hockton missed the cut. Alongside Lexi, missing, missing the cut, but she did really well, didn't she? Yeah. And you know, it really kind of got everyone's attention chasing that cut line on that uh, on on the Friday. So certainly got some attention and um, and some more eyeballs on the event. So I think um, success having her part of the tournament. Uh, good honour for sticking at it. You know, maybe it wasn't too many months ago that she mightn't have, have thought about not doing it um, because she hasn't had the the greatest year. But you know, maybe that. Uh, Solheim Cup, you know, is the bounce back that this needed, performing well here, albeit slightly missing the, you know, just missing the cut in a, a male field. Yeah, she's she's trying to do things differently. She and, yeah. you know, I'm not sure if that's growing the game, if that's part of her strategy for growing the game. You know, she did 
support the Shriners organisation, who support the kids, um, hospital and all that sort of thing. So that's a positive. Um, but I think, I think it, you know, she held herself really well and she looked great, you know, in doing so um, as, a, as, a, as a golfer. Um, yep. so, so well done. Um, yeah, any, very well done. Anything else from the uh, TPC summer? So just a quick update on the fall series from a few of the Aussies' perspective, Roscoe. So Bad's... Um, who's in the field this week, which we'll get to in a second, but he, he's he's sitting pretty well. So top twenty, top 125 um, secure their card for next year. He's sitting at 108 at the moment. I think there's, um, what, three or four weeks to go maybe or something, but uh, or three or four tournaments to go. So, But he's, he's sitting in a good spot to secure a card for next year, so that would be a great result for Bads. Harrison Endicott, I don't know what his status is next year. I don't know if you do, Roscoe, but he's floating around 130. So if he doesn't have status next year, he's, he's got a good chance to get it um, over the next few weeks. But, yeah, Lucas is, I think you mentioned last week, Lucas Herbert's got a bit of work to do, doesn't he? Because he's uh, 146 um, at the moment in the current standings. Time of the year where you got He a, doesn't have a card next year, does uh, he? I need to check what, what that is. Looks like um, I, I need mm. to check like how long you know his win. Um, you know, does that give him two years? Uh, we need to, we should we should know. We'll, we'll probably need to double check. But right now on this yep. year's standings, he's 141st and missed the cut last week. So he had Dom. Dom was over there. Had a couple of messages from Dom. You know what Dom uh, as a party was messaging me about one when, when uh, he was uh, at the Shriners. The soccer. No, not the soccer. No, no, not the soccer. Some a subject very close to you. Sneakers. Nike sneakers. <laughs> Was he? Yeah. What does he need? I can't help him. No, no. He was he asking needs. me. If, he was asking me if I could help him. He said, "Do you get any of those? What are those ones that just came out that everyone's going?" Oh, the Travis Scott ones. Travis yeah. Scott. Everyone's going batshit bananas about. No, sorry, Dom. I can't, I'm not, I'm, we're not getting any Travis Scott. Oh, damn. I'm really trying to get a pair. So he wanted some Travis uh, Scotts. He was texting me about Travis Scotts. Sorry, uh, Dom. Yeah. Sorry, Dom. Him and millions of others. Uh, Dom's other player. One of his other players, Karis, um, went pretty well last week too. By the way. Um, yeah, she did. She was right in amongst it. Mm. Okay. Um, anything else on on the Shriners? No, I think that's it, mate. I think we we got the highlights, and um, yeah, that's three three years in a row for a uh, South Korean victory in Vegas. Who won the year before Tom Kim won last year? Uh, uh, I think so, it was Sung Jae, wasn't it? So, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. DP World Tour. What's a little bit of that in uh, Real Club Madrid? Um, Pavon. The friend, the Pavon. Pavon, yeah. Matu. Did you see um, much? Did you catch much of? Uh... Oh, I didn't, mate. No, I didn't get uh, to see much of that at all, um, unfortunately. But yeah, one by four looked like a pretty comfy win from what I was kind of reading up on. Um, pretty solid, all four rounds in the sixties. I got to say that club. Um, I remember watching it last year extensively. There was something about the course that didn't. Endear me, and I didn't end up watching too much of it. I did watch Marcel Seam um, shoot ten under on the last round, and uh, I saw Marcel come off. I, I'm a big Marcel Seam fan, you know. He's, he's yeah, a, he's I like a, him too. He's a bit of an aging, you know. He's not a journeyman, but um, you know, he had yeah you know, a bit of a tough time this early this year, last year, the year before. So to yep. see him get emotional and get back at it and keep playing, and um, you know, ten under, it was, it was great. Uh, but John Rahm, you know. Look like anything was possible at the start of his uh, last day round. You know, he got off to an absolute fly, minus seven on the last day, but he had too much, uh, too much of a gap to pull back on the uh, the front runners. But um, yep. yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch too much about it. You and Ferguson top Scott T nine at minus fourteen. Uh, good on who you. Who was your tip? Who, who was your tip for the top Scott? Do you remember? It wasn't you and Ferguson. It was um, no. Connor Syme. <laughs> Oh, that's right, Connor Syme. But yeah. I did, I did, I did throw a little shout out to Grant Forrest, who was on the upper echelons of the uh, leaderboard in day one or two or one and two, but uh, you know, slipped back to to minus uh, to eight under. But yep. um, you know, like Grant uh, East Lothian, uh, Connor Syme. Uh, don't think he made the cut. No, he definitely made. Didn't make the cut at plus four. Um, so. Mm. Connor, we won't be uh, picking you as top Scott in the near future. That's what happens uh, there. Um, yeah, open to Spain. Didn't watch too much of it. Pavon um, and Xander Lombard. I like Xander Lombard. He's a big, big, big beefy golfer. I thought he might have done it, but uh, no, Pavon uh, was too good yeah. and too far out in front. And Jason Scrivener was the only Aussie in the field. I think I listed off a bunch of people with you, you last week, but um, you correctly 
pointed out that they were probably reserves, um, mm. and they were, Roscoe. So uh, Scrivener was the only one in the field, but he, he had T20, good result for, for yeah. him. The El, yep. El Pirata. Um, very good. Who was the uh, – there was a Spaniard there that we did talk about a Spaniard who was uh, not John Rahm, uh, not Heredia, uh, Fena- no. Fena- Gonzalez uh, Fernandez Castaño. Oh, yeah. Yep. Who was my tip? Did I tip? Uh, I forgot my tip. Was it Pablo Alarathabal? Uh, I think you did say that, yeah. Yeah, I think he was like top Spaniard outside of John Rahm. Yep. Maybe. Or was up there. No, he wasn't. Uh, Garcia, Sergio Garcia Heredia was uh, top Spaniard. The other Sergio. Yeah, the other Sergio. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're waffling on. Um, okay, what else did we have on? We had uh, Live Golf. Well, you mentioned Karis Davidson. Oh, Karis, yes. Yeah, so uh, we had that LPGA event over in Shanghai, so first time they were back in China for a few years, and she was right in the mix um, mm-hmm. there, got into the last day. But, yeah, I think she could only manage um, uh, a T8 in the end. Um, and, yeah, Minji was T13 as well for the other Aussie. Grace Kim, not so good, slow start. But, yeah, Angel Yin um, took out the win in a playoff, uh, beating Lilia Vu on the first hole with a birdie. First hole uh, playoff, so um, so it's been a big year for first time winners on the LPGA this year, Roscoe. Just uh, Angel is the twelfth first time winner on the tour this year, and it's a record. So they broke the record with that um, this week. So big year for first time winners. Did Angel miss out on winning this tournament this time last year or something like that? Was that how? So she lost a playoff to um, was it to Lily Vu? It was to Lilia Vu, and maybe it was even in a major um, in the last 12 months. Yeah. So a bit of redemption for uh, yeah. for Angel. She's a good player. Like I watched her at the Solheim Cup. She's very good too. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, Maya Stark will be a little bit disappointed, won't she? she? She held the lead there for the first three rounds or co-lead. Um, but then could only manage a, a even past 72 to finish in a tie for eighth. Um, so, uh, so yeah, she'll be a bit disappointed. But Madeline Sagstrom was the other highlight, 63 in the final round, so broke the uh, broke the scoring record there for that tournament. So um, she turned in – she was playing the back nine first and, um, and turned in 30. So she was on a heater early. Not bad uh, – not bad scoring. Mm. So – just talking about this week for the LPGA. So they stay. They're in China this week. No, they go to Korea. Oh, Korea. South sorry, Korea. sorry, my yeah. bad. Yeah, sorry. And it, does it? The fields get cut down to the. Is it like the top sixty in this so race? It's interesting you say that. Yeah, I made a note there, Roscoe. There's eighty-seven in the field, and uh, I thought that that was a little bit. That was fewer than normal. Um, but yeah, so it get it gets cut down to. Well, there's eighty-seven in the field. Yeah, yeah I think I think there's some invites as well. There's plenty of. Um, a number of players that have been invited as as well. I right. think I'm led to believe, but yeah, it's a smaller field as they head towards the race to the CME Globe. Mm. Um, so good. yeah, Lydia Ko won that last year um, in Korea, so she's the defending champ. Some good winners there. Jin Young Ko won in 2021, and Hana yep. Hana Zhang in um, 2019. Yep. It, Minji. Uh, Grace Hills. Kim, Hannah Green, Steph, and Kempi are all in the field. Good field for the Aussies. Um, you got yep. any? Th- you got any thoughts about who might uh, who might prevail in the tournament, or you know, are you going to stick with an Australian tip, or you know, have you got some other knowledge up your sleeve? I've got no knowledge, but I'm just going to take a punt on uh, Celine Boutier coming back into form. So she's shown a little few little uh, green shoots, so I'm going to say that she rockets back to form and takes it out this week in South Korea. Is How is Celine going on the uh, race to uh, the CME Globe? She'd have to be up there if not leading. She, she was, I think she was leading it yeah. up until like um, the last time I checked, yeah. Mm. Celine Boutier, okay. Who am I going to? I'm going to tip Hannah Green. There you go. I'm going to stick with an Beautiful. Aussie. Good luck. Get him, Hannah. Good luck. I'm going to tip a top Scott. She might be the only Scott. Gemma Drybra. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Can't lose. Uh, Is she the only Scott? I think she might be the only Scott. Yes, she's definitely is. So I can't lose that one. Very good. Love it. Uh, Live Golf. I didn't flick over to 7 Plus and see 
any of the live golf. We didn't really talk about live golf last week. Um, we know that uh, Tolor Goosh, we did talk about live golf uh, a couple of weeks ago and we rephrased Taylor Gooch to Tolor Goosh. Yep. yep. Um, well, yeah. We just jumped on the bandwagon. Um, yeah, I didn't see much at all, mate. I, I, are we I not? The, are we not? The, sorry, I didn't interrupt. Are we not the first ones to call him Talor Goosh? Have we borrowed that from someone else? Oh, Goosh. Goosh. Oh. So we added the Goosh. goosh. Yeah, just not the Talor. Just, Tal- I just can't claim the Talor. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um, totally swiped that from okay. the uh, the um, shotgun start guys, but uh, yeah, Goosh. goosh. I think we've added. We've added in. Goosh. We've completed. Completed the European Talor. Did um, what did Talor pick up? Did he pick up another four hundred and seventy-five million dollars for that? Um, say, yeah, it yeah. might have been might have been a couple of hundred more than that. But um, yeah, not really sure. Lost lost count of how much how much they're making. But yeah, he took out the individual um, um, yeah like championship, I guess, for the season long individual race, and they head to Miami this week for the for the teams event. Um, but yeah, Brooksy won in a playoff over Talor. I think it was third hole playoff or something, but yeah, Brooksy was on a heater as well there on, um, on that third round or, or um, final round. Um, he's playing good golf. I was happy I to say, I was happy to see Harry Varner, Harry Varner three up there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd be a Harold Varner fan, would you not? Oh yeah, Nike yeah. Guy. No, I love love a bit of HV three. Um, yeah, big Jordan guy. So uh, and you know, I just love that he was one of the. One of the only ones that really were super honest, super honest about why he went to live and what he was trying to, what he was doing it for, and, and everything. So he seems like a very authentic dude. So um, uh, yeah, and no, I got a lot of time to watch him and um, follow him, him along, and hope he hope he makes a monster. Uh, for those that follow the teams, because it is a team team game, and uh, you know if you go onto the live website and you put in all your details, it'll it'll give you a team. If you don't have a team, the team selector. I think I'm a Majestics. Select a Majestics for me. I think I'm a Majestics guy. You um, look like a Majestics guy, just quietly. <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the hoodie <laughs> and Blakey gave me the little plastic drink cup. Uh, but if you do like the teams, the Fireballs, uh, one at 34, minus 34, 34 under, uh, the range coach GC, which is headed by uh, Bubba. Bubba. And that's um, Har- Harold Varner's team. Uh, 30, yep. uh, 31 under. And Talor. Talor, yeah. Yes. That's the super yeah. team. Uh, but the cliques were the standout performers, the old cliquey deeks at uh, 29 under. Um, who's that? Uh, that's uh, GMAC. And, um, hey, for some reason, every time I switch it on, I hear that Goose bloody, uh, what's his name, um, Arlo White, yeah, he calls it, and he, he's Dickie B. Here comes Dickie B. I'm like, oh, come on, <laughs> That's Richard Bland, Richard Bland. It's Richard Bland. The only man in professional golf to have been penalised a shot for slow play by Australia's very own David Blake. Uh, yeah, Dickie B. Um, yeah, the Clakes anyway, that was third. So who's, that's Richard Bland, uh, GMAC. Mate, I do not even know. GMAC, um, yeah. All uh, the, the washed up, all the washed up old fellas. <laughs> the other major champion, um, German. Oh, Keimer. Martin, Martin Keimer. Car. And yep. uh, who's the fourth? See, we can't even remember. We don't even know who the fourth member of the cliques is. Who's the fourth member of the cliques? Cannot help you, Roscoe. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Um, no, he's not. Yeah, anyway, um, can can you have a crack at explaining their format for the final series, which goes to um, Trump Doral this week? I, I can't. Event, I, don't so I don't understand it. I'm going to have a crack, but I'm going to mess it up. So please send all of the, your uh, your hate mail to my love golf uh, Instagram handle, yeah. not to me. Um, but yeah, so, the, so the, the top four teams in the standings as they finished have a bye on round one, and then the bottom eight teams play off. Um, I think the higher placed teams get to choose who they play. And so then the four winning teams from there go into the next round, and the top four come back into play and the top four get to choose who they play against. Um, and then I think it keeps, I think it just progresses to that. And then and then the last the, the last round turns into like a stroke play event where everyone's back playing, um, but only the top four teams can win it. So mm. it's a little bit like uh, a genuine exhibition for the bottom eight teams once they get to the final round like they're I don't, maybe i'm getting this wrong but they i don't think they play for anything do they so do they choose who plays i actually don't don't know what they play for but do they, the top four teams choose who they play 
in like some sort of ranking. So if they're first ranked, they get to pick first who they play and then yeah, the second pick who's left and so on, right? Yep, yep. It's funny, isn't it? That's a bit – I don't understand that. Like it should just be like first place, fourth, second place, third or, yeah. or you know, whatever. And this is what I mean, mate. Like when I, I – like I like a few of the elements of live. Like I, I like the team events, but I, I think they're just – uh, there's just a few things that they're just missing on and how they're kind of setting it up and, and the framework and everything. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see more of the team um, aspect for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I just think they're just missing a few tricks on it. Uh, whatever they do uh, and the PIF, um, I think they've got to get their skates on getting this deal done yeah there's not too many weeks of the year left uh before they can whatever the amalgamation of the piff and the pga tour and whoever mm. else is now rumored to be wanting to jump onto the party um they've got to get their skates on and get it sorted out pretty quickly i'd reckon yep absolutely have you heard anything along those lines you read anything anywhere that's picking up what's going down no, there hasn't been much um, out, out and about about how progressed it is or how it's moving along. Um, well, yes, I guess the yes, biggest too, thing this week. Oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, yes, has been too busy preparing for his big tournament last week at the Dunhill. Yeah, and schmoozing the OWGR guy that uh, that didn't actually work. What a what a it. what a flop! So so yeah. we we come off air last night. And we first thing I do is turn the computer on, and then the first thing there is a. Uh, the, yeah, the, the OWGR is uh, no, not happening. Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I um, guess. I, I what do you think about that? I've, I've got my thoughts. So, look, they all knew what they were signing up for. Um, if they really wanted to get OGR, OWGR points, then you know, surely the smart people that have organized live would have known that uh, the best route to do that is to comply to the. The, the tick the boxes um, of uh, the criteria, but they've chosen not to. Um, it feels like, seems like they've chosen to kind of try and bully their way into to getting the the points. And hey, we've got all these great players. Well, yeah, that that's great. But um, I mean, you look at like next year, Lee Westwood is one of the worst players on that very closed system. Um, is still going to be a part of it. So, yeah, okay, so Bryson beats, you know, a, a field comprising of Lee Westwood. Like, who cares? Lee Westwood's hopeless. And so, um, and and yet he's still going to get a go. He's still going to get a run. Um, and when the field is mixed up like that, like having four guys that drop out and this, like, relegation stuff, like, that's great, but make it 24. Make it, like, actually super interesting and mm. super competitive um, and maybe they would have had a chance, but yeah, they just didn't tick enough of the boxes of the criteria. And I think fair enough. Yeah, look, I think it's a shame that some of these great golfers, yes, as you suggest, they all signed up for it. But I think it's a shame that they're dropping out of you know the rankings that's going to put them away from any chance of any major tournaments and qualification for those areas. I'm still thinking that there's a way that it could have been worked out. But, um, you know, as the OWGR people who are comprised from representatives of the major tours, um, yep. as they said, that, uh, that that the criteria, there's a couple of points of the criteria that just doesn't allow them to rank with any degree of equity. Um, yeah, that yeah. is effectively that, clo that, that closed shop. So, mm. you know, regardless of how good the golfers are, um, you know, if they're not prepared to budge on, you know, that sort of, primary criteria, um, yeah. it's not going to happen. So who knows? And if those guys really want to play in it, Roscoe, they'll go and qualify. But how many of them do you think will? Not many. Well, we saw some try this year, but um, yeah, yeah, maybe it might be more of a thing. Anyway, okay, we we missed um, we've, we missed we've the Aussie about, PGA. We've talked about, no, we'll come back to the Aussie PGA. Uh, we missed talking yep. about this week's episode, uh, episode this week's uh, DP World Tour. So the Open, um, it's in Soto Grande at the Real Club. Uh, Real Club Soto Grande, is it Real Club Soto Grande? Yeah. Andalusia, yeah. the, the Andalusia well Open. Yeah, Andalusia, yeah. Uh, Par 72, 7,100 yards. Foxy's back in action. 
Go Foxy. There's a couple of, couple of good names in there, but it's a it's a fairly kind of weak field. I mean, Bobby Max in there, uh, Rasmus Hoygaard is in there, Moronk. Interestingly, mate, Kucher and Wyndham Clark is randomly playing in this event. Well, that was interesting, but Rahm's not. Johnny Rahm's not. Um, Jason Scrivener's the only Aussie in there. So it's a fairly, yeah, fairly kind of weak field having a look at it, but that's about it. Uh, I can't remember too much about uh, the uh, Real Club uh, in Soto Grande. It's sort of down. Yep. It's down where um, Valderrama is in that region. Can't remember too Have much. Have you played about. much golf in Spain, Roscoe? Well, let me tell you, uh, no, I haven't. Never. I've only been to yep. Spain. I've been to Spain two times. Been to Seville, yep. Seville, and uh, Barcelona for a day. Mm. But um, yep. never for golf. Only for ever business. It's a place I'd like to go back to. Um, okay. Yep. Aussie PGA Tour. This had me captivated. Tell me. Benny Eccles. Um, I'm a Benny Eccles fan. I don't know Ben very well. Certainly, um, you know, the, the friends over at the Teared Up podcast, uh, Q, is obviously started the podcast with um, Benny Eccles. You know, he and, he and Benny got together and um, started that podcast and it's gone on to bigger and better things under the umbrella of uh, Clubby Sports or Dylan Buckley's empire, media yep. empire. Uh yep. But um, so I got to know Benny through that process by listening to him and then you know, we met a few times and, you know, we shared dinner table together at the New South Wales Open last year because Benny was a previous winner of the New South Wales Open. It was a champion's dinner and we sat next to each other. He won that yeah. as an amateur. About yeah. much similar as Hawksy eight years ago, you know, 2,897 days between uh, wins. So it was a bit of commonality right. between the first two winners and Benny Eccles. Uh, who's done a supreme amount of work. Now, I follow Benny on his socials and, you know, occasional messages. That's about it. But what yep. I had, did see was, you know, the amount of work that he'd been doing physically and um, obviously paid off with uh, him getting that sort of, I'm not sure if it was wide or why, but it was certainly, you know, he was up there at least Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, yeah. I think he shot what, nine under or something in the second day. Oh, that was unbelievable golf that he was playing. But he's done a hell yep. of a lot of work. He's come out of the of pretty ordinary place as golfers, places that we've all been to, form slumps, not knowing, you know, and we're not professionals, we're not making a living out of it. But, you know, when you go yep. home and think, should I play that, keep, play that game again? Am I going to keep turning up and putting all this effort in? Well, he's yep. been there as a pro and, um, you know, been on the Asian tour, had to go and re-qualify for uh, Australian tour card after last year. Um, got that back and is now a Australian Tour winner. And yeah. it was fantastic because he's just a nice young fella. He's looking fit. And he, every time I watched the golf, you know, I'm pulling uh, from pulling out the ivy because I'd pull out the ivy, have a breather from that, come back yeah. in, grab a can of diet-free caffeinated beverage, sit down and watch the golf for 10, 20, 30 minutes. Every time I saw him play, he was five yards left or right of the middle of the fairway. Some yeah, right. his playing compatriots were, you know, off in the red dust and here, there and everywhere. As you'd expect in Benny Eccles just absolutely lays the beam straight. And it was just good to see pulling his own buggy, you know, as most of the these guys over there were pulling their own buggies. Yeah. Um yep. Kit Bittle had a had the old pilgrim pilgrim style buggy from you know that I had as was a kid. Obviously one of the members had loaned him a buggy. Yeah. And um pulling that along, it was great to see. But Benny, well done. Um yeah, just, no, good just great stuff. So what that gets him, you know, just to put it in perspective, you know, as a winner on tour, well, he jumps up obviously in the order of merit. We know the value of the order of merit. You know, the top three get a DP World Tour card. So, you know, now he's got, you know, this opportunity to reignite from there. But his category um, from Q School isn't the highest category in the Australian PGA Tour. So you don't get automatic entry into the big events, which is the ones I always pl- I want to play, the Oz PGA, the Oz yep. Open and um, New Zealand Open. So they're the big ones, obviously. Uh, well, now as a winner, he gets automatically entered into those and he secures himself for next year as well. So, you know, the pressure just comes off right. and he can start to, um, you know, play with that freedom that he played with last week and he t- you know, I heard him talk about that. Uh, so it was great. Good on you, Benny Eccles. Yeah, I knew yeah. I knew the photo that I took when I I was in Coburg, uh, Coburg or Faulkner early on this year. I was up there picking up a barber chair for the barber shop. 
at my last barbershop. She sent me all the way out to Faulkner. She said, I, she said, I, she does, you know, she doesn't know Melbourne, right? She, you know, she's, she's from Edinburgh. Uh, she says, oh, guess what? I've got a new barber chair. I said, oh, fantastic. I only paid 300 for it. Fantastic. That's even better, darling. I'm, I'm keen for that. You know, and you're saving money on the business expenses, no problems. Said, Can you go and pick it up in your ute? I said, yeah, no worries. I'll go and pick it up. Where is it? It's in Faulkner. Do you know where Faulkner is? I go, I fucking know where Faulkner is. Aye. It's like halfway <laughs> to Sydney. So anyway, like a good, you know, husband slash business partner, um, off I went to Faulkner. Uh, I turned the corner um, and I'm sort of looking for where I'm going and, you know, this fella, as he rolls his side roller door up um to show me where the chair was i see the seat uh the, the, i see the street sign it's beckle street b-e-c-c-l-e-s b eccles street i took a photo of it i thought i'll just keep that there one day benny might uh you know yeah. w- you know i might be able to use that anyway i sent it to Becky, benny i said there you go I've got, you've got a street named after you already in uh in faulkner mate beckles street b eccles street um there you go another bit of useless information faulkner's a long way from where i live so um yeah cost 300 dollars well, petrol you, you've you found you found a, a nickname for him for the rest of the year from this on this day onward he'll be known as beckles on this podcast beckles beckles do you see, Roscoe, I did read, um, I was too busy spraying it left and right on uh, the lovely woodlands on Sunday, so I didn't get to see a lot of the golf, but I did read that uh, little article where he said he wasn't looking at the leaderboard. Well, and, you, uh, there well, was a couple yeah. of people coming. He had a six-shot lead yeah. um, on, on Sunday, started on Sunday, but he didn't look at the leaderboard. Now, I wondered, mate, like is that would that be your strategy? Like would you look, would you be a leaderboard watcher or not? Yeah, I would be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Me too. Um, I wouldn't be able to not to not look at it. Do you, Do you know why I didn't look at the leaderboard? Because there wasn't why? any. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't. They had none out there. They had no walking scores. So, uh, I don't believe he knew uh, very right. clearly. And there's no one in his ear so. telling me, "Hey, Hayden Barron's coming at you. He's coming fast." Which which he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hayden Hayden Barron shot 65 on the last day, which was uh, he was. Looking very, very strong. No, but Benny was just too good. Uh, I think he birdied 16, 15, 16, one of, the, one of those two. Yeah, um, two, two in a row there, I think. Yeah, 16 and 17 actually. Yeah, so it was, yeah. it was sensational golf. But um, he had – if I said he had 69 uh, in the second round, I, I think he was – I meant to say he had nine under, not 69, but nine under. He shot 63. So mm. that's 63 on round two set him up, you know, 68, 63, 66, 68. And um, you know what also helped him uh, also along the way this year other than the uh, points and getting into the, the big Aussie Tour events? 45,000 will help him along. 45,000 winners checked. Um, pretty Love good. Uh, other other, good golf, other golfers have known Hayden Barron. We all know Hayden, big six foot four, big unit, uh, second year on tour, I think, uh, played in the Open last year, courtesy of his uh, result in the Australian Open at uh, Victoria. Uh, but Rocco did he, – he, he, arrived, he arrived at the tournament on the day of the first round, I think, believe, the, the day of the tournament starting, it said, from Scotland. Believe so. Believe, you know, the, the late start, you know, getting away from Scotland and the 24, yeah. 5, 6, 8 hours of travelling time and just turning up into – well, you've got to get to Perth, but then you've got to get out to Kalgoorlie, and I don't believe that yeah. was the easiest, most timely um, task in itself. But, uh, yep. Turned up, didn't know where, didn't know where he was. Hit the golf ball and off he went, um, and he picked up twenty five thousand. Uh, Lockie, Lockie Barker, good uh, South Australian. Uh, he moves to his uh, home area. I'm not sure it's his home course. I think he's a member of Glenelg, maybe. But um, uh, the uh, Webex in South Australia is in Port Willunga, and that's down in the McLaren Vale area. And um, Lockie Barker is from that hood. So, uh, yep. He expect big things from him at the Webex this week. But the other young fella uh, who was playing pretty well, had 70 on the last day, Kit Bittle, the young Kiwi fella. Uh, yeah. I've met Kit a couple of times. Um, I showed him the full swing kit at the Aussie Open last year and just a nice nice young guy. Had a great chat about his career and where he was and, and um, you know, not he wasn't struggling. That wasn't the right way to put it. But, you know, like it's, it's a grind and um, being out there was um, – you know, you've got to play well and you've got to just maintain yourself. He he was he was one of the players that had a hole-in-one at the uh, TPS Murray Series and won a BMW. Oh, and, right. you know, I remember talking to him about that and I said, you know, so I expect that you 
you know, would rather the cash. And he said, yep. And he'd made arrangements to get rid of the car. He wasn't quite sure whether he was going to, you know, get rid of it here in Australia or get rid of it in back in New Zealand and float it across there. But all those little right. things. And he said, you know, it was life-changing money. Um, yeah. Great fellow. But you did talk about uh, a young golfer last week, Quentin Croker. Yes. Yeah, and he, he was right up there after the first round at least, wasn't he? Uh, he was right up there with 60, he shot 66, 66, 73, 69 to finish T5. Mm. Um, obviously, leading, leading amateur. I don't think there were many or any other amateurs. That's two uh, weeks of couple, good golf. There was a couple of other amateurs in the field, but strong player, Quinton Croker. Um, very, very, very solid talent. Um, so very well spotted by yourself. The other player that uh, has caught the attention of the of the uh, the golfing nation, he was well and truly on our radar already. Um, qualified uh, this year at Q School was Charlie Robbins. Now we mentioned Charlie Robbins maybe last week. The the golfing ninja. Oh yeah, golfing ninja. Yeah, the golfing PK member. Good old PK. Yeah. Got on my hat. My black on black uh, hat available at the Peninsula Kingswood uh, New Era hat. By the way, too New Era good hat. PK Ooh, black on black. Nice. Good fitting hats, new era hats. Um, well, especially when you've got a bonce the size of mine. It's like <laughs> it has to be. Um, but, uh, you know, second pro event or maybe third pro event, uh, T5 and 10250 10, in his skyrocket. Beautiful. And some other great names up there, good young talented golfers from Australia, James Marcassani, local boy to the morning Peninsula, uh, Sydney side yeah. of Jordan Zunic uh, and uh, Josh Greer, young fella from uh, WA. Jack Carter had a hole in one. Jack, he's yeah, a good he fella. Another, another yeah. fellow from South Australia who I've spent a bit of time with on the range. And uh, again, young golfer, self-taught, comes out, travels around. Uh, I think at the Vic Open, his mum had driven across there in a VW Combi, and she was, you know, sleeping in the uh, Barwon Heads um, in Caravan Park to come and watch a young fella play golf in her converted VW Combi. Um, so just. Honest Aussie people traveling around playing golf. Jack had a hole in one himself. Picks up a, a car. So that was a, that was a great result for him. It's all happening for these young fellas. Uh, but yeah, the best of Australian golfers were all there: Brett Coletta, Sam Slater, uh, Nathan Barbieri, Aidan Dadoni, Cade McBride, um, good young fella from Queensland, Josh Armstrong, Braden Becker, Cam John uh, was one that stuck out. Didn't have the Best round in the last round, 74, but he's 65 in the third round, sort of put him somewhere near the contention. But Cam's been out, injured for a bit, had a bit of a rough year, um, back playing, and good to see him hitting the ball pretty well. Anyway, uh, it was good. It was good to see those guys, and it's good to, going to be able to watch uh, Aussie golf every time that it's on because it's on Fox and KO. So if you've got yeah. Fox and KO, you can watch it. It's great that they're getting that platform and there's more events being added. I think we said earlier this week's uh, WebEx Player Series is a new event. Um, so uh, so that's good at uh, Wollonga, as you mentioned, a um, little public course in South Australia there. But I liked, Roscoe, they've got 16 juniors and nine all-abilities golfers playing alongside the pros um, this week, so in their own little 36-hole tournament. Um, so great opportunity for those young kids and, uh, and those all-ability golfers to get uh, rub shoulders with those pros and, and learn a thing or two um, out on the course with them. That'd be great. I was with one of the players uh, today, actually, uh, Ben Tullipan. You know, you know Ben and yep. I have become ben, pretty ben. close over the last uh, year or so, and Ben is a, um, well, walk and shore support Empower Golf, and Ben is one of the um, right. partners, in, uh, partners in Empower Golf with, yep. with uh, James. James Gribble. So Ben was at the uh, event today and he was sort of hosting people and doing a bit of, um, bit of uh, you know, networking. It was good to see. And he was, he said, I've just come back from, you know, he played at Joondalup. He didn't go to uh, the um, Kalgoorlie, but he was lamenting how tough Joondalup was. And they're playing from the same tees as the pros. And right. yeah, he said it was very, very tough. And, uh, but yeah, he said, I've, I've got 28 flights in October. I said, mate, that's the life of a professional golfer. And yeah, Ben's not a professional professional golfer, yeah, but in terms of the uh, platform that the all abilities golfer golfers have got, you know, he's playing on this tour, and uh, so he yeah. considers himself a professional golfer. I said, "Mate, it's the life of a professional golfer." He said, "Yeah, it is. I've just got to get on with it." And um, that was great to see him, Ben. If you want to know more about Ben Taliban, well, there's an episode from October last year, a year ago, on the 20th yeah. anniversary of the Bali bombings, where Ben, you know, was a victim in the Bali bombings and lost both his legs, and now dedicates yeah. his life to helping other people 
with disabilities find a way into golf and find the power of golf that uh, he also got from the game of golf. He wasn't a golfer before then and, and now um, yeah, he spreads the love of golf and he gets to do it for a living. And uh, so he's a great man. If you want to listen to more about Ben Tullipan, we'll go and listen to that episode. Um, That's a fantastic episode, mate. It's um, uh, pretty pretty powerful emotional episode if I if I'm if I um if I can say and yeah well worth a listen super good guy um just an all-around great human that's um that's you know giving build himself a platform to do some good things for uh, for a lot of other people so yeah no good on him uh thanks for saying that that it meant uh something to you scott because uh, it's entered into the australian golf media uh, awards under the audio uh, category um mm-hmm. as as an entrant into um uh, to this year's audio uh, this year's uh, australian golf media um association awards uh, has that, it really that, yeah that very episode yes absolutely is oh man um, let's get that one reposted um out on the socials and, and get it out there because it, it it really is um well worth a listen and, and yeah powerful story from ben and, and made really well kind of interviewed and hosted by yourself i still remember the day and uh you know we were sort of saved by the i'll if you haven't listened to it go and listen to it and this part won't spoil the story but he was talking about it and um, about everything that happened. And I was getting very, very close to being very upset by what he was telling me. And then all of a sudden in the room where we were at Barn Boogle at the time, there was a knock on the door. It was housekeeping. And it just I – I was thankful at the time because it gave us a pause and allowed me to regather. But I really wish that that housekeeping knock didn't come because it sort of – disrupted the flow of where ben was going emotionally and it was like very emotional so yeah um the we, i edited the pause out of course but you know like there's a knock at the door and housekeeping so yeah. anyway that was good okay so the webex series this week um asian tour yeah i think you got asian this tour. i think you got this tip pretty bang spot on yeah bloody oath minwoo 30 under thank you very much shut the gate let him cook big stage guy Proving, proving to himself, proving to the world that uh, if he goes into a tournament as one of the best uh, golfers that, and, you know, with the expectation that he's going to perform, well, he performed and he certainly, I'm sure he gets, takes more away from that win and he's looked pretty yeah, happy. totally. He's looked pretty happy from all the socials and all the posting he's done, you know, like he's overt with his socials. Yeah. But, you know, it was a big thing for him to win that and um, he's let everyone know that he's very happy about it. $180,000, great. But, um, you know, he went in as a big player and delivered. Yep. It was great. Yeah, absolutely it was. Um, and, yeah, great kind of springboard into the Aussie summer. I'm sure he's going to be down here playing the, the couple of tournaments. I think he's already locked in to play both of them. And, um, yeah, I reckon he's a good chance to, you know, have – it's not a breakout year by any means, but um, but to come home and win this summer I think would be a great next step in his – career and kind of head into 2024 with a couple of late wins in the year under his belt and and really carrying on that momentum. So, yeah, um, awesome to see Minwoo cooking there in, in uh, Asia. Uh, we had a top Scott. We had Davey Drysdale um, pick up 15,000 as a top Scott in uh, T11. Um, but we had plenty of Aussies in the field and, a couple, and quite a few Kiwis who, you know, finished in the top end of the table. Benny Campbell, uh, Andrew Dote finished T11. Uh, Zach Muzz, um, managed by the Advantage uh, Management Group out of Melbourne. Um, Zach Muzz in 17. Uh, Jack Thompson, young fellow from the Grange in Adelaide, uh, did pretty well. Sammy Brazel and um, Kevin Yuan and uh, our very own TPH, Tom Power Horn at uh, T34. So Tom picks up yep. a little bit of money, pays for a little bit of his expenses that he's undertaken since going to Scotland and uh, the Asian Tour events in the UK. He's had a pretty busy couple of months, but... Uh, yeah, he made the cut, and um, hopefully he's found a little bit of a uh, little bit of form, and um, can keep uh, cracking on. I'm not sure what Tom's next uh, next movements are, to be honest. Yeah, um, not sure either, mate. But uh, yeah, very good. Uh, Asian Tour. When's their next uh, event, uh, Scott? When's their next event? I did not have a look at that, Ross. No, that's okay. Neither, honest, neither, but, neither, did um, I, neither did I. But what I do know is Andy Ogletree is still very much. Um, top of the tree in the uh, yeah. Asian tour rankings. Does that mean that uh, he's in the best? So those top four guys, Andy Ogletree, Miguel Tabuena, Pum uh, Saxonsin and Travis Smythe, 
we've got the best chance of moving up into those live. Yeah, because um, they just announced that qualification uh, event as well this week, didn't they? So maybe we can dive into that next week a little bit yeah, further. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I think those top four guys um, and actually maybe the bottom four that got relegated um, skipped the first round of this qualification tournament and join the field um, from kind of the, the second round onwards. I think I'll need to double-check that. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they've definitely got to have some advantage, don't they? Mm. So it looks like who's the relegated? Uh, all, all the big talk has been around Chase, Brooks's brother. Um, yeah. Being relegated. Chase, um, Jed, Jed Morgan. Jed. Um, Siwoo, is it? Yep. Uh, Siwoo Kim. Yep. And uh, it's not Blandy, is it? No, definitely not Blandy. Anyway, um, but the chat, the chat about Chase. Yeah, I think Brooks handled that pretty well. You know the the interviews that he had. Oh, he yeah. basically just said, you know, he's 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 had a great. You know, he's had a. You know, he's enjoyed his the time here. He hasn't. Things haven't gone so well for him playing wise, and you know, he'll bounce back. He'll go away and work on what he has to work on, and you know. Let's hope he bounces back. But right now, you know, that's where he's at. And, um, you know, he has to accept that and sort of deal with it and move on. I think he made $6.5 million, I think, uh, in prize money. Not bad. Um, You know, it's funny you say, Chase, because I said to my young fella uh, over the weekend, I said, oh, mate, the lives on. Let's have a look at the highlights. And he he said, is Chase Kepka playing? (laughs) Mate, who cares? But, yeah. And so, but he only says that because of the hole in one in Adelaide. That's what he remembers. Like live golf, hole in one Adelaide. Those scenes. He just wanted to watch that over and over and over again. So, um, so yeah, it was just. I'm not sure. There's too many other kids that like, you know. Oh, there's Chase, Chase Kepka playing at all. Ace Kepka. Yeah, Ace. Ace, Ace Kepka. Kepka. There we go. There you go. Uh, I, I heard that somewhere. I don't know where. Um, cool. What else all have right. we got? Anything else on the run sheet there? Uh, well, only, uh, yeah, the Zozo, mate. We haven't oh. kind of um, covered off the Zozo coming up in Japan. So they returned to Japan, the Accordia Golf uh, Narishino Country Club. Um, no cut event at the Zozo Roscoe. So 78 in the field, past 70, 7,000 yards. Da 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 da. They're on bent grass greens, uh, composite course. Um, Keegan Bradley was the scene of his turnaround. So he's the defending champion heading back there. Um, but there's a few big names in action. Cam Davis is kind of leading that pack. Um, Min, Wu, Keegan, Min Wu's uh, playing Min up Wu's there. Min there, yep. Xander, um, Sahith, Ricky. Um, he had a T2 here last year. Um, Morikawa, Hideki's back in action, and Adam Scott. So a few guys to have a look at and keep an eye on. Alex Noren, uh, uh, he played pretty well last week in, uh, in Madrid. Uh, good to see the uh, older and not veteran yet, but the older Swede, uh, you know, the senior statesman of the Swedish um, contingent, which is a very strong contingent, um, still playing pretty well. And uh, yep, Aaron Rye, um, me and my golf's very own Aaron Rye, Adam mm-hmm. Schenk, Adam Scott, yeah. Cool. Um, Zozo, the only thing I know about Mr. Zozo, um, he makes technology that helps you choose clothing uh, via an app and, and size you and you can, you know, basically get, a Zozo custom suit made by putting all your details into his uh, technology app, which seems to be pretty freaky, freaky for me. Um, there's always some level of alterations, but I believe it's fairly fairly accurate. Yeah, but, yeah body scanning app that, uh, yeah, custom custom just, uh, makes the, the suit or whatever the clothes. So, yeah, huge, uh, huge kind of apparel retailer in Japan, among other things, I think. And I did meet Mr. Zozo and his entourage. Did you? Yeah, they're playing at PK one day. I've told this story once before, but um, before your time, yeah. uh, I was just driving out. I was there in the morning for something or other, and uh, I drove past the driving range, and I can see a team of um, Japanese gentlemen all gathered around one man hitting golf balls. And I thought, well, I'm the I'm the member here. I should go and greet the guests. And <laughs> I pulled the car over, and I knew it was Mr. Zozo. I walked over and said, Did "Oh, Zozo son, yeah." <laughs> You want to go or you know, or uh, I think I said, uh, or Helga's because it was morning time. And uh, he looked at me, and, hmm. 
And I said, oh, welcome. This is, you know, I'm a member here. Welcome. Do you, you, is everything okay? Can I get you anything? Oh, no, thank you. And, uh, and um, I said, enjoy your stay and um, play well and, um, you know, and off I went. So I had a laugh at myself for introducing myself to Mr. Zozo. And uh, I told Oh, that's great. And, uh, and um, I told someone that and I said, you know, in Japan you wouldn't get within, you know, 100 metres of him because, you know, he'd right. be cordoned off. But he did have an entourage of maybe four or five people um, yeah. there with him and hand, one handing the clubs and one wiping the clubs and, you know, they, they look pretty official. Anyway, Mr. Zozo. So is that not standard uh, service at PK, mate? That me, I stop and greet all the guests. I greet most no, of the people like that people I see. handing you the club, cleaning your club, like like no, handing you no. a new ball from the tr- driving range. No, no. You know, if I'm there and I see you there and you haven't got enough balls in your in your thing, and I see you're a visitor, I'll go and get you a bucket of balls and I'll offer to fill your balls up and and uh, have a chat and ask you if you like the course and all that sort of thing. Just doing it's my very bit. Accommodating, man. Oh well, you know, you never know who you bump into on a on a driving range at a golf course, mate. You never know where these conversations can lead. Um, anyway, Zozo, who's your tip? Cam Davis, coming strong. You're on I'm gonna, the, I'm you go are, him again. You're yeah. on the Cam. He's, he's 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 on track, mate. He's on track. You know what? I've just said that Minwoo stepped up to the plate and oh. showed himself as a big name, big tournament player. This is the one that he's got to prove that and back it up. So I'm going to. Plonk the pressure on Minwoo, and uh, yeah. and follow Minwoo and ride him home and cook him into uh, a win. There you go. I'm going to go with Minwoo. Like That'd it. be fantastic. That'd be so good for his profile if he kind of wins in wins oh. in uh, Macau and then goes and wins in Japan, um, golf crazy Japan. Um, that would be insane for his profile and uh, and 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 everything. That'd be great. There was also a great um, picture that the PGA Tour of Australia put out with Benny Eccles, and the, excuse me, they'd screenshotted all of the uh, mess. You know, not all, but a handful of the messages that had been sent to Benny on his win. Mm. And one of the messages on his win was from Minwoo. Obviously, they know nice. each other and they played a lot of golf together. And I'm not sure if how similar they are in age, but obviously, coming through the ranks there as uh, amateurs, they would have you know come across each other in state teams and whatnot. So, um, I thought that's pretty good from the young fellow who yeah. just uh, obviously had a win himself. Yeah, only very good. hours later, or earlier. Um, very good. Okay, Minwoo for me and Cam Davis. Mm. Okay. Yep. Very good. Big guy. All right, Roscoe. Okay, well, there's another hour of power. We just uh, turn turn our chat. We had a great chat before this, by the way, uh, Scott. And we did. Um, I, I joked with you that we should have recorded because that's the real powerful stuff. Um, you know what we talked about and, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw a challenge to you here live online that if you to work on this mental game strategy and, and keep sharing uh, what you're learning and, and what's working for your game and, you know, how the mental game is progressing because I think it's stories like that that, you know, sort of relate, you know, what we go through as normal everyday golfers um, yep. and, and people who listen can relate to it and, you know, if you have your own mental game challenges and, you know, you get to a time and you think that uh, what am I doing here and, you know, how do I get better and, you know, I'm not performing at a standard or whatever it is you think about your game um, mm. as you, you know, on the quest that we all are to improve, share it with us because, you know, sharing is uh, sometimes one of the keys to, to helping you understand what you're doing just by talking about it. So share it with us. But I'm going to challenge you, Scott, to do some of those things that we were talking about and, and share the progress and um, and I'll do the same. Yep. I'll do the same. I don't mind telling uh, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that, Roscoe. I'll take you up on that challenge. And, um, I mean, fair to say, as we did talk about, like the, the mental game is at um, a pretty low point and so uh, beating myself up a bit on the golf course. But... Um, you know, I also want to say that that's a that's a massive, massive like privileged problem to have. But um, mm-hmm. and and you know, at times I need to put myself in a line and I carry on like a turkey. But um, but yeah, the mental struggle is real at the moment, and I do need to figure some stuff out. And uh, and happy to share that um, share those stories and, and progress and uh, maybe um, not great progress at times. I can imagine, but. Um, but yeah, um, I appreciate the chat earlier, and, and yeah, we'll just keep checking in and see how we go. If anyone uh, does want to improve their mental game, uh, and I'm not an expert, but I did host 
60 great episodes with Jamie Glazer, who's Lucas Herbert's mental performance coach. You've heard me talk about that numerous times. We haven't done an episode since January this year. Jamie's been busy and it's just, you know, like a lot of things, you know, things get in the way of things happening. But there are 60 great episodes there that are evergreen and it doesn't matter where you're at. If you want to go back to – and people, I see people download them every week. I see the numbers. People still keep mm. listening to them and so it means that people are searching for mental performance strategies. Well, there's 60 episodes there. Unfortunately, you've got to listen to me rabble on a little bit again. But um, Jamie lays down some some absolute gold there. And anything that I've learned has come through hosting those 60 episodes where I've just taken those strategies or the discussions that we've had and been able to, you know, get myself into a much better place from previous times as a golfer, like all of you, sometimes in a very dark place, you know, like we're talking about standing with a wedge 50 metres from a green and having no idea where the ball was going and thinking before I hit the shot, if this goes on the green, I'm going to be really happy. But I'm not sure where if it is and I'm not sure how I'm going to get it there and then just throwing a golf club, you know, in the form of a golf swing, which wasn't a very good one and just hoping for a result. You know, that sort of you can get away from that. And really that time that I spent with Jamie, um, those 60 episodes uh, really, really helped. So they're still there. Go and listen. It's called the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast and people still listen to it. Uh, what else was I going to say? Uh, there was one other thing that I was going to say. Um, giveaway. Now, the two giveaway winners last week, uh, I've yep. got your, your giveaway packages have arrived into the, uh, dis- the My Love Golf Distribution uh, Centre. Yep. Yeah, My Love Golf DC. And uh, they're just being um, picked and packed and, you know, re-barcoded um, for a collection. So they will be on their way very shortly. But next week we'll announce another Great giveaway. Oh, that's um, exciting, Roscoe. You heard me talk to Gary Lisbon a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Well, we're going to have a we're going to have a, a, another giveaway related to um, a craft that Gary and I are very very passionate about. Gary more so because he makes a living out of it, and I'm, this is going to be a very easy one for to for people to share and go in the draw to um to win uh, a very great prize. But more about that next week. So you got to tune back in to get the details on the next great giveaway. Very good. It. Good stuff. Uh, thanks, Scott, mate. Scott, thanks for joining us. And uh, for everyone, go and listen to some of those episodes. We might repost a couple of old ones that have uh, dropped off the radar and give you um, all the new listeners, and there are many of them. I see that the numbers come through, and I thank you. Um, just to uh, put it back on your radar, and you can listen to some of the great interviews, some of the great interviews we have done. Yep. Until next week, we'll see you then. Enjoy your golf. <laughs>